On episode 19 of DevTalk, I speak to Vitaly Slepakov about developing IoT solutions using Microsoft Azure. Welcome to another episode of DevTalk. My name is Kerry Lothrop, and today's guest is Vitaly Slepakov. Vitaly works as a global black belt for IoT at Microsoft. And uh, we were colleagues before, and so it's nice to see slash hear you again. Hello, Vitaly. Hi, Kerry. Thanks for having me. Um, well, thank you for being my guest. Um, you, you've gone uh, through quite a career. I remember we first met 10 years ago when you uh, started, I think you were fresh out of college, and we got the chance to go together to a Microsoft event in Berlin the tech summit is that right yeah that's true it was i think uh, uh 2009 tech, tech ed uh, right. tech ed uh, yeah uh, tech ed europe that's right yeah i remember because it, it was in the week of the 20th anniversary of the fall of the berlin wall yeah and tech ed was right in that week and we got the chance to to be there for the celebrations and to see the big uh, symbolic wall made of like giant dominoes um, come to a fall yeah, that's true. That was quite a view. That's true. And uh, you uh, started out of college there, and you worked your way up through through uh, your career here at Zulka, and now uh, you're working at Microsoft. How did that come to be? Yeah, it's actually a great question. Well, I was actually always, uh, if you will, a Microsoft fanboy. <laughs> so I, mm -hmm. I, I love the technology like since the beginning. And uh, uh, with Duke, it was really great uh, because uh, I had a lot of opportunities to learn a lot of stuff. Uh, and uh, I actually started doing Microsoft technologies before, uh, before Microsoft Azure. So there was no cloud whatsoever. And uh, right. uh, yeah, and it was uh, it was quite uh, interesting. So I did like desktop development uh, with uh, WPF or Windows Forms. I did web development, and at some point, uh, Microsoft Azure emerged, and I was really fascinated by that idea to have like you know all your compute resources in the cloud, and uh, you uh, you know did need to manage your infrastructure and stuff. And I started to uh, learn more about that topic. And uh, at some point, you know, uh, cloud kind of became, uh, I don't know, uh, mainstream, let's say mainstream. And mm -hmm. uh, I, I got a chance at Zuluka to do uh, a couple of projects on Azure. And at some point, uh, there was IoT, right? And IoT is actually uh, not new, right? Because so my first project at Suzuki was kind of an IoT project. Uh, Mine too, yes. Yeah, we were on the same project, that's true. So, mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, there was no such a term like IoT. And we just connected uh, vehicles uh, out there to, to our servers uh, in the private cloud and uh, mm -hmm. had basically a lot of the same issues and challenges that we have today uh, uh, with what is called IoT today. You know? Right. Uh, yeah. And that was, that was really quite interesting. And uh, at some point, we started doing IoT on Azure uh, at, at and I really loved it. I really loved the technology. And um, 
uh, had also chance to uh, be involved in uh, in uh, multiple projects and at some point i decided to you know to uh, uh, go closer to the source of this awesomeness you know <laughs> mm-hmm. and and for me that was basically the point where i decided to uh, go to microsoft and happily uh, this uh, worked out for me <laughs> Yeah, and so you're a, a global black belt. So that is something I know from a different domain. Could you explain what it means in in the Microsoft context? Yeah, you probably mean like karate or something, right? right yeah, <laughs> yeah, that is something different. Well, uh, I started action at Microsoft as uh, as a app dev TSP. So TSP stands for Technology Solutions Professional. So I did not mm-hmm. do like a lot of IoT then. Uh, in my first year, basically, and then there was this uh, opportunity to, you know, go into the uh, global black belt team. And what we do, basically, we work with uh, strategic customers at Microsoft, so customers that are large or do a lot of stuff on Azure in terms of IoT. And uh, so my job is basically to support them uh, build their IoT solutions on Azure. Uh, so I help them to design architectures. I help them with proof of concepts, uh, demos, and stuff like that. I help them to remove blockers, uh, like uh, technical blockers, if they have some. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is basically one part of what we do. And uh, what actually enables me to do something like that is that we closely work with our product groups in Redmond. Uh, so we give them feedback from our customers. If we have issues, we get support from the guys. So it's actually really awesome. And uh, this uh, allows me to be at the source of what is happening, uh, you know, uh, with IoT uh, from, from, uh, from, uh, from Microsoft's side. Okay. So um, let's take a step back. I, uh, I'm not sure if the term IoT was even mentioned on this uh, podcast so far, but at least we haven't had this as, as a topic so far. Maybe you could explain... Uh, what is IoT and and um, what's different from you know traditional development projects? Yeah, it's a good question. So I mean, uh, let's take a look at the cloud. Uh, so cloud becomes easier, you know, because uh, there are like more services, uh, managed services that we offer uh, and uh, others do too. And uh, what you basically do in the cloud, you do like regular application development, right? But the uh, difficult part about IoT is this T part, like things, you know, because you have uh, like uh, many of them out there, like millions uh, of devices that you can connect to the cloud, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so, and and with these things, with these devices, you have like a lot of challenges. So uh, one of the challenges uh, is connectivity, right? So mm-hmm. because you have uh, sensors and devices out there that were not really designed to be connected to the cloud in some way. So you find like a lot of uh, proprietary protocols uh, out there. Uh, You have devices that are not IP uh, capable. uh, So you need to have something between those devices and the cloud. Mm -hmm. And of course, you need, you know, uh, you need to think about security, which is also not easy because uh, if you take a look at the cloud, it is like, uh, you know, a central point where you can uh, that you can secure right and Microsoft does a lot in terms of security 
uh, of securing the cloud platform. But uh, those devices are distributed all over the place, right? And uh, they are not always connected. So they might have this connection at some point, but they are disconnected uh, sometimes. Uh, but you still need to ensure that you update your firmware, your you know uh, your applications to uh, patch those uh, security vulnerabilities. And uh, this is something that is difficult. And of course, uh, like. Uh, monitoring of those devices, right? Because you cannot just uh, go to your own data center and, uh, you know, take a look at the server and maybe replace your hard drive or something like that. So you cannot see those devices, right? So, and you still need to be able to manage them. So you want to be notified uh, when there's an issue with this device, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. when there are problems. And how, how, how do you do this, right? So, and if uh, such a device uh, loses connectivity, right? So what are you going to do about that? So this is uh, what makes it really uh, challenging, I would say. And on the other hand, you uh, need to scale, right? Because uh, imagine those millions of devices start sending messages, right? So you mm-hmm. get like this massive traffic and uh, you need on the cloud side uh, uh, something that can scale uh, to these million devices, right? Okay. So uh, when you you say scalability, what, what are the, the typical... Uh, like like lowest bound to highest bound of of devices that you are connecting in an I, IoT solutions. Do you have you have like solutions with single digit devices? Does that happen? Yeah, yeah. So we can ca- actually uh, cover all of them. So uh, there are mm-hmm. there are different offerings uh, that we have. So you can really start uh, with microcontrollers. And uh, we also have uh, an offering, a product that is called Azure Sphere uh, that is designed, you know, for uh, secure connectivity and it gives you like a secure environment for, you know, to run your code. So, Mm -hmm. uh, and you can also go to uh, larger devices and uh, there you have, for example, an option to use our SDKs to connect your device to the cloud. And we also offer you, you know, uh, a service for device provisioning because, you know, you have your device and your device wakes up at some point and it needs to connect to the cloud. So mm-hmm. uh, how do you do this, right? So this is something that we solve. And and also we can we can do edge devices. So edge devices are, I would start, I, I would actually say they start probably from you know raspberry pi 3 uh from the resource perspective mm-hmm. and this product that we have uh is called iot edge and iot edge is a container based runtime so you basically write your uh, modules your application that you can deploy as containers to your edge devices and oh. this is something that is really, really in today. <laughs> we have so many customers, uh, especially from manufacturing, uh, that uh, so they want to make their factory smart. You know, they want to, uh, you know, reduce uh, production costs and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. for that, they. Uh, needs uh, something like artificial intelligence or machine learning on edge. 
uh, because they want or they need to uh, react fast. You know, you, it's it's not always a good thing to go to the cloud where the decision is made. You know, whether to stop the machine or something. Sometimes you need uh, to react fast, and you cannot tolerate this latency. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. of, of talking to the cloud. And uh, this is uh, where basically IoT Edge comes in. So we give you basically all infrastructure to deploy your containers, securely deploy your containers onto your Edge devices. We give you means to provision those Edge devices. And uh, we give you means to update your applications uh, on, on, on those devices. And this is something that is really... Okay, okay. Maybe, maybe you could explain... Yeah, maybe you could explain what uh, an edge device is in the uh, context of IoT. Yeah, so uh, edge device, like uh, <laughs> a good question. Think about it uh, just as a you know more powerful device than you might normally have. Like it's it's uh, it's capable of uh, running Docker, obviously, because we are doing mm-hmm. containers. Uh, so you, it's like a mini PC or something, like an industrial PC. You know, it can vary from 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 uh, from the resources perspective. It can vary from uh, Raspberry Pi three, as I mentioned, to something really big. You know, uh, something yeah. that has like lots of CPUs and memory and GPUs. So there's no uh, upper limit, basically. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, so you basically need this compute power on prem to uh, run your intelligence there. You know that's why we talk about intelligent edge, uh, because mm-hmm. you become intelligent uh, uh, basically on prem, and uh, you still uh, get the power of the cloud in terms of uh, you know, data processing. For, you know for big data because you all the data you might want to send to the cloud, you can use it to train your models, you know, and for that you uh, normally need like a lot of data. And as soon as you uh, train your model, so you basically can deploy your trained model to all your edge devices out there. So it's basically about bringing intelligence uh, from the cloud to where you need it on-prem because of... But is it also the device that connects um, maybe smaller devices that are not directly connected to the cloud to the cloud, or is it like like a gateway? Yeah, it's actually a great point. Yeah, uh, that's completely true. So uh, sometimes you need to have a bridge, right, between mm-hmm. between your devices and the cloud. You can have uh, multiple reasons for doing that. So one reason could be that your devices, uh, you know, they are not IP capable, so they cannot talk over the internet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but you still want to get data from those devices and send it to the cloud for further processing. So how are you going to do this? So you need to have something in the middle, right? And this is something that uh, such an edge device can do for you. So it basically connects to your uh, sensors or smaller devices that you have uh, via some protocol, like for example, Bluetooth or uh, OPC UA or something. And then it takes Mm -hmm. that data and basically sends that data to the cloud on behalf of your devices. Okay, example would be like a project I've worked on was home automation. And mm-hmm. uh, you have these tiny switches that you just glue on the wall and they have tiny batteries. And right. uh, those in no way can, can connect yeah. to any, any Wi-Fi. They would be dead within a day. Right. So they 
they just send out a burst when you when you touch the switch and that goes to the gateway and that's that's connected uh wired or wi-fi yeah. to, to the internet that's yeah. right that's correct mm-hmm. i mean i mean another reason would be security because uh, imagine you have your devices even if they are uh, ip capable you know sometimes you have uh, a machine that is in a you know in your factory on the shop floor and mm-hmm. you want to connect that machine to the cloud. So you could do this directly, but most of the companies will not do this because, you know, there's no internet connectivity from my uh, factory, you know, from, right. from, yeah. from, from my production. Uh, mm-hmm. And that is why you need to have, you know, this bridge that uh, maybe even uh, connects to uh, many machines. So there's, it's, uh, you know, from the cardinality uh, uh, perspective, you have like mm-hmm. uh, one to many. So one edge device can uh, basically serve many, many uh, lift devices uh, or um, just devices. Um, yeah, so uh, just to overcome this uh, security boundary, basically. Okay. Um, we've got little devices connecting to edge devices and edge devices connecting to the, to the cloud. And um, we haven't spoken about how, so how, how many, you, you say you cover everything. Is it typical to have like just just a handful of devices, or is it uh, is your typical project like we have a hundred million, or uh, what what are numbers that are that are common in your projects? Yeah, good question. So that actually varies. Uh, so I would say uh, in the manufacturing, if you take a look at uh, you know really large companies, uh, they. Uh, I'm not sure, you know, about the device count. Let's uh, in in terms of messaging, you know. Mm-hmm. So we have customers where we get like around uh, eight billion messages per month. So okay. this is this is a lot. And uh, in terms of mm-hmm. device uh, count, so I would say so it it is probably uh, like around hundred thousand and more. But there are also smaller customers uh, where we might just have, you know, maybe 1,000 or 5,000 devices. It depends. So, and we try basically to cover uh, the whole bandwidth uh, of, of what you have out there. I'm, I'm assuming um, these devices are not always connected, right? Yeah, some of them are, uh, some of them are, are not. So mm-hmm. uh, sometimes, uh, you know, uh, we cannot assume that you're like always connected because this wouldn't be reality, right? It's especially right. if we think about, you know, vehicles, they, they tend to move <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, the connectivity. So they normally have something like a SIM card built in and they use uh, LTE connectivity. But, you know, when you move the network coverage, uh, you know, changes. So you might run into connectivity issues. So uh, you need, so the connection, uh, the connection drops, then you need to reconnect and stuff. And this is a big issue because uh, you also uh, do not want to lose data, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so this is something that uh, we also cover with IoTH. So uh, that's called, I think the term is store and forward. So that if there's not connect, uh, no connectivity and we do not want to lose data, we will store this data locally for you. And as soon as the connect, uh, connection is reestablished, so, uh, we will uh, basically um, uh, send everything that we stored locally to the cloud. 
uh, yeah, so this is a definitely a uh, an important scenario. Okay, that's that's uh, on on the edge device, but you have the same thing for the uh, when when the connection to the cloud is reestablished. That that there's a queue on the server side on the on the cloud uh, yeah. for your device, and you just pick up whatever has accumulated while you were gone. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's true. So uh, basically what you have there, you have like different methods. Uh, one of them is, uh, so in terms of uh, Azure service, we're talking about IoT Hub, right? So IoT Hub is mm -hmm. like the central service that we have uh, and everything in terms of IoT uh, goes through it. And when talking, you know, uh, the direction would be uh, cloud to device. Uh, that's what you were talking about, right? right. Uh, and uh, we do have queuing there. Uh, so uh, we refer to this uh, as uh, cloud to device messaging. So there's a queue per device. You can have you know, some time, uh, time to leave because uh, some commands can become irrelevant over uh, mm -hmm. you know, some period of time. Uh, we also have an, another way of communication uh, to devices, uh, which is called direct methods. And this is basically a request response pattern. So uh, you will you can just invoke a method on the device, right? And okay. The the, uh, the device will respond. And if the device is offline, so you will get an error, you know, and then you might want to retry uh, at some point later. Mm -hmm. And before, you know, uh, in, in, in terms of security, so folks might, you know, say, okay, uh, you, you're calling methods on a device that's uh, t totally unsecure, right? And the, the thing is, the connection is always established from the device to the cloud. So this is basically the only way, because otherwise you would need to open firewall ports if you have a firewall in place. Uh, that's why we always say the connection is established always from the device to cloud, but then this is a bi-directional connection and you can uh, talk basically uh, to device and from device. Right. And you would run out of IP addresses quickly <laughs> yeah. the other way around too, right? yeah, at least IP v4. Yeah. yeah, yeah, correct. Yeah. And uh, so maybe maybe the last thing there, so in terms of communication from the cloud to device, we also have a concept of what we call device twin. So you can, you can uh, think of it as a uh, JSON document that resides in the IoT apps and represents basically your device, right? And mm -hmm. uh, you can you can basically edit this JSON document. There's uh, a section in this JSON document called uh, desired properties, and you can basically set uh, your desired properties. And as soon as the value changes, uh, the device uh, gets notified about this value change, and it can react appropriately. Okay, what is that used for? So why would I have that? Yeah, so uh, one one common scenario is uh, having your settings there, right? So mm -hmm. let's, let's talk, for example, about logging, right? So uh, at some point, I might see that my device behaves in a weird way, and I would like my device to send me more logs, right? Okay. And uh, so I can basically change my lock level uh, from, let's say, error to info. Uh, and the device will get that, uh, basically get notified that the uh, lock level changed. And then it will understand that I want that this device basically starts sending me more lock data. 
so this is basically uh, one of the scenarios. Mm-hmm. And you can imagine, you know, if you, for example, connect to, uh, or you might want to uh, parameterize some sensors or something that your device connects to, then you could use also device twins for that, you know, like, for example, something like board rate or something. So this could be inside this uh, device twin as well. Okay. So um, I'm assuming when you have an IoT device, that device is more often used to generate data. So it could, I guess it could also be an, an actor that you you tell it to do something yeah. for you, but it also uh, it, it just accumulates data and, and that data gets pushed probably in message form to IoT Hub then. Right. Yeah. So this is basically the uh, majority of uh, use cases, basically that we have out there. They generate data, send it to the cloud. But of course, you can also uh, ask the device to do something uh, from the cloud. But right. Uh, yeah. So so what happens on, on the um, so typically this stuff gets pushed into into IT Hub into uh, a message queue. Uh, is this a separate message queue from the the other message offerings, or is it just like a service bus? Or yeah, so uh, well, IoT app is not really a queue. Uh, so mm-hmm. I, IoT app uh, is, uh, is 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 a streaming service. So what mm-hmm. we basically have uh, inside IoT app, or what we do under the hoods, we take messages that come from devices, and then inside IoT app we have multiple partitions. Then we will basically apply uh, consistent hashing uh, to, let's say, your device ID, uh, ensuring that all messages from your device go to the same partition, thus ensuring ordering, right? And okay. thus we basically, uh, if you will, fan in. So because we have like millions of devices and we uh, and we fan in and distribute these millions of devices uh, over, let's say, uh, 32 uh, partitions in, inside IoT Hub. So you can increase mm-hmm. the count. And then on the other side, so you need some service that uh, can read those messages from, uh, from, uh, from IoT Hub, you know. And uh, this is really like stream uh, uh, stream processing because you, uh, as a reader from IoT Hub, you are responsible for uh, you know uh, uh, storing the offset of where you want to start to read or where you finish to read from the IoT Hub. And we mm-hmm. will keep your data uh, for uh, I think I think uh, seven days is uh, the longest period that you can have, and so we'll store your data for seven days inside IoT Hub because mm-hmm. in case uh, your application logic you know, uh, did some weird stuff to this data, so you, you, you had a bug in your application, for example, and uh, your, uh, your business logic was wrong, so you can reread this data uh, from the partition, you know, and mm-hmm. this is why it is not really a queue. Yeah, and if you... Okay. Yeah. So, and what happens from there on tip, typically? So, I'm, I, I'm assuming I, I have, let, let's say, I have a million devices out there. They have lots of sensor data that they accumulate. They send it all to IoT Hub. What happens with the data from there on? So, uh, is, do, do I keep typically keep all the raw data, or is that, uh, or do I just uh, accumulate it and then just uh, store the, the accumulated values, or, or what are the Typical use cases. Yeah. 
So uh, what customers basically do, uh, so they are definitely interested in that raw data. So mm -hmm. uh, basically one of the first steps uh, is to just put the data I get through IoT Hub in the cloud and put it to some storage, right? Okay. This is, I'm, I'm just uh, making an insurance. Uh, I just want this stored in case in the future I want to reanalyze or I come up with a different... Yeah different use case uh, for for that data that i i didn't have yeah so this is uh, this could be one of the use cases so another one would be you know doing big data analytics of uh, on 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 all that data or you might yeah. want to use that data mm -hmm. to train your machine learning model uh, so this is what it's all about and uh, okay. this is what we call cold path because uh, it's not acted upon immediately. You know, mm -hmm. you, you get the data and at some point we might want to do something with that data, but there's no requirement to act on it immediately. Right. So, and then, of course, you want to process this data in other ways. So, like, for example, uh, you might want to do, uh, like, condition monitoring, right? So, mm -hmm. you, you want to, uh, you know, see that uh, in within 10 minutes uh, you had some anomalies uh, with your data and uh, if that's the case you might want to notify somebody or or some system or you might want to send some message to your device so that it does something right yeah so and uh, this is what we refer to as hot path so uh, it's basically uh, reacting really fast and this is where we act upon the data immediately Mm -hmm. And of course, you want to store that data in some storage that uh, makes this data accessible to your UI applications, for example. Because typically with IoT, you want to visualize your data, right? So you people build dashboards and uh, they do time series analysis on that data. And mm -hmm. uh, that is why you basically also need to use another uh, storage solution that gives you this rich querying uh, uh, capabilities, right? And uh, okay. so you can query data in different ways and visualize it in your UI. Mm -hmm. So what are typical examples for, for um, offerings from Microsoft for that? Yeah, so uh, in terms of uh, uh, code path, uh, we have, for example, blob storage. Uh, which mm -hmm. is really cheap. And this is actually uh, <laughs> a very important thing because uh, uh, so people are concerned about costs of, of their solution, right? Because they yep. have some business case and they uh, expect to you know, earn this amount of money with that. And mm -hmm. if uh, my cost for my, you know, for uh, having my project in the cloud for processing all the data higher then i don't have a good business case right right and, yeah. and, and and that is why people really concern about that and so my personal opinion is that you can optimize cost uh, especially through your architecture and the choice of services that you have so blob storage would be one of the cheapest storage options that that, that we have and mm -hmm. another one would be for example azure data lake yeah so these are probably the most popular two 
and okay. for the uh, hot path. So in terms of analytics, you have uh, multiple options. So we have uh, a managed service for that called uh, streaming analytics, uh, uh, where you just you know uh, have your input, your output, and you write your query on that data. Mm-hmm. And then you want to store your data somewhere. So, uh, for example, for if you want to have uh, rich querying capabilities, uh, something like Cosmos DB might be a good choice, right? But right. What, what you definitely want to have, uh, you know, sitting uh, behind IoT service that can scale. to consume uh, you know uh, and to, to, to scale basically as well as uh, IUT hub does yeah I guess it's a it's a one of the main cost um, main architecture drivers is, is the cost that because you I mean it would be yeah. nice if you could store all your raw data in, in cosmos to be uh, but nobody's going to pay for that. Exactly. So, and people uh, they uh, find ways to optimize uh, their uh, their solutions. So, I I've seen customers basically uh, saying, "Okay, Cosmos DB might be uh, too expensive for my use case, right? Mm-hmm. And I do not really need all these uh, rich querying capabilities." So, they, for example, go with uh, table storage. No, because right. uh, table storage is also a great solution. Uh, which scales or and very cheap and and very cheap yeah or, or people use uh caching like uh for example redis cache uh so they do mm-hmm. not need to go to cosmos to be uh for every query that they get right and well the typical diagram I, I've, I've seen iot solution architecture diagrams and it's always uh you get uh, like, like all the Azure services have different icons and it's basically a, a list of uh, or, or like a whole graph of um, lines connected uh, to different Microsoft services like Azure Functions yeah, and right. uh, storage and what have you. And um, it's, uh, yeah, very, um, very interesting to look at those architectures. And it's always like there would have been like, a hundred different ways to solve this problem. Yeah. And, and this is just the solution they came up with. Yeah. 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 So uh, it's actually a great point. Uh, what, what we also have is something that we call uh, reference architecture. Uh, mm-hmm. We have uh, version two of this uh, available online. So you can just Google for that. So, and so IoT reference architecture. IoT reference architecture, exactly. Put it in the show notes. Okay. Uh, yeah. And uh, what, what you have there, you basically, uh, they, they show what, uh, this architecture might look like uh, like a logical architecture, and then you, they describe some choices, you know, some uh, technological choices. So you might mm-hmm. want to take this storage for that, or you might want to use this uh, service for that. But when we work with our customers, uh, so the uh, choice of those services it highly depends on your use case and also mm-hmm. on the requirements uh, from uh, from the IT and cybersecurity. Right. Because mm-hmm. uh, some, uh, just as an example, I worked with a customer recently, and uh, we were like, okay, let's go, uh, let's just build, you know, something really quick, and let's take functions and do that and this. And then they had a requirement like, uh, you know, when I deploy my code to the cloud, it I, I really need to control all the outbound traffic. 
So I do not want my code to be able to talk to outside world. Right? Mm -hmm. And requirements like that, they will have impact on the choice of services um, that you use, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we just let us, you know, we, we just drive the architecture uh, by the use cases that the customer has and also the so-called non-functional requirements. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll um, so I'll put a, sh a link to the, the reference architecture in the show notes. Are there any other um, getting started points or, or things where, where like you, you're new to IoT, uh, this is the place you should look? Yeah, we, we have like, for example, also this uh, IoT school, I think it's called. So this is a place where you can uh, go to and uh, learn about IoT. You can do some, you know, uh, tutorials there, like step by step uh, with, with uh, step by step instructions. So mm -hmm. uh, this is uh, uh, this is a good place to go to. Um, so we probably can add those links uh, afterwards. Okay. And uh, um, another. Um, thing would be um let me think i think in terms of services so we have actually pretty good documentation on all the services uh, mm -hmm. And if you want to learn more about IoT Edge or IoT Hub, uh, those uh, IoT Edge is, for example, open source and it has a lot of samples. So just uh, browse to uh, GitHub and uh, try try running those. Yeah. Okay, um, I will put those in the show notes. Um, so thank you very much. That was a, a very interesting in introduction to IoT. Um, I yeah. have the feeling we, we could do another uh, like IoT architectures uh, recording sometime in the future. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, also you know uh, we can we can talk about you know, different scenarios that you have and ways to solve this and maybe you know how you can overcome some limitations of mm -hmm. uh, services that uh, we have currently. Yeah. Okay. Well, so thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you for having me. It was uh, great talking to you. This has been another episode of Dev Talk, and we'll hear each other again in two weeks. Bye bye. Bye.